Welcome to How to Trade It, The Road to Trading Mastery. Join Casey Stubbs, a seasoned trader, as he guides you to become a profitable trader. Find actionable insights, real-life stories, and strategies to boost your trading skills. Don't miss the journey to trading victory. Start listening now. Connect with us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Trading profits are just an episode away. This is the How to Trade It podcast. We talk about the real stories behind successful traders. You will learn the strategies that the best traders use in today's markets. And we get those experts to show us how to trade it. Hello, this is Casey Stubbs with the How to Trade It podcast, and today my special guest is a longtime friend of mine, Marcus Highcutter from Rockwell Trading. How you doing, Marcus? Hey, doing good. How are you, Casey? <laughs> I'm stuck at home, but I'm loving it. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I, I mean, I'm by default, I'm an introvert, so I don't mind being at home, but I also love traveling and I'm missing it right now. So I spend usually half of my year, uh, I spend on airplanes and in hotels and I'm loving it. And right now I've been traveling in six weeks. It's a long yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. So right now I just wanted to get a little bit of uh, background on you. We've known each other for about 10 years, believe it or not. So that's been a great relationship and I've learned a lot from you along the way. So it's really a privilege for me to have you on the show. But could you give the listeners a little bit of background as to you know how you got started in trading and how that whole thing came about? Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God. I mean, I started trading in 1989. I was still in high school. It was my last year in high school and I was so fascinated by the markets. This is why I wanted to open a trading account. Now, this is back in 1989 and it's back in Germany. So, I mean, there we didn't have TD Ameritrade or any specialized brokers. If you wanted to trade, you had to go to a local bank to open a trading account. So in Germany, obviously that's Deutsche Bank. So, I'm 18 years old. I'm walking into the banker's office and I say, Hey, I want to open a trading account. And he looks at me and says, really? How much money are you trying to put into this trading account? And I said, well, all the money that I have right now, 50 Deutschmark. That's like $50, right? <laughs> he looks at me and said, oh, now dude, it doesn't work this way. I said, please, 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 please. I, I really, really want to trade. So he does open a trading account for me with 50 Deutschmark. And he says, all right, Marcus. So what stock do you want to trade? And I thought, oh, didn't think about this. So I asked him, what stock can I trade for 50 Deutschmark? And he said, well, you can trade a share of VW, Volkswagen. Right now it's trading at around 50 Deutschmark. I said, awesome, let's do it. So I bought the share, I was so excited, one share of VW, right? So next morning I had to go back to school. Uh, during the first break, during the first recess break, I, I ran to a payphone. You remember 1989, we didn't have <laughs> online quotes, right? I mean, we, we had payphones, inserted my 20 cents and said, hey, how's it going? I called the banker and he said, well, right now we are trading at 50 Deutschmark and 30 cents. And I said, this is awesome. I'm already making money, right? So during the second recess break, same thing, ran to the payphone, inserted my 20 cents and said, hey, how are we doing? And I said, well, right now we are trading at 50 Deutschmark and 40 cents. And I said, oh, this is great. 
As soon as I got home in the afternoon when the markets were closed, I called him again. You see, at home, we had these rotary phones, 1989, right? <laughs> you remember, that's been a long time ago. So I called him in again. I said, how are we doing? And I said, well, the market's closed at 50 Deutsche Mark and 50 cents. And I thought, yes, I'm making money. So next morning, the same deal. I called him during the first recess break, called him during the second recess break, and as soon as I got home. Now, on the third day, at my seventh call to the banker, he said, Marcus, out of curiosity, how much money are you really trying to make with this stock? And I thought, hmm, I invested 50 Deutsche Mark. If I can sell it for 60 Deutsche Mark, I would make $10 in profit. That's 20%. So I said, you know what? I would be happy if I can make a profit of $10 on this stock. And he said, you know what? Done deal. Come to my office. I'll give you the 10 Deutsche Mark and stop calling me. So <laughs> this was my first trade, first profitable trade. But I quickly realized that this is not a sustainable trading strategy, bugging your broker or your banker until he gives you money. Anyhow, that's how I get started. So 1989. So it's 31 years ago. Yeah, has been a while. Yeah, that's a long time ago. Very similar to my first experience. I started in high school too, back in 95. So you got a few years on me, but you're looking good. <laughs> so as you have progressed, what were some of the challenges? You know, that first trade, you made $10. That's great, but it wasn't all that easy, I'm sure. What were some of the challenges that you experienced along the way? Well, at first, I also realized that my account was heavily underfunded, right? I mean, so I did what most people do. I went to college, I got a job at IBM, and I tried to save my money so that I have actually some money in my trading account. Now, I want to say the three big mistakes that I made in the beginning. The very big mistake that I made in the beginning is that I was listening to what others were recommending, the, the hot stock tip, right? I mean, you, you see it in the news and these days, the, the talking heads and the, the newsletters, they give you the hot stock tip. And that's what I followed for a while. I jumped into a stock when it was pretty much already gone because, you know, by the time it becomes the hot stock tip, this is when the institutional traders want to offload. So this is how I lost money listening to brokers in the beginning of saying, hey, you should buy this. So it's one of the big mistakes. The second big mistake was that I was jumping from one trading system to another one. I don't know about you, but in the beginning of my trading career, I was happy when I had a winning trade. And when I had a losing trade, I mean, this is when immediately I was looking for a new system. I mean, this is where, you see, if a trader has a bad day, what does he do? Looking for a new system. So this is where I didn't have the consistency. I was hopping from one trading strategy to the other one. And the third big mistake that I make was that I didn't take profits and I didn't limit my losses. So I let my losses run until my account was down 10%, 20%, because I thought, hey, this trade will go up again. And it never did. So these are the three main lessons that I learned in the beginning when I was still losing money with trading. So on any of this familiar? I've heard that a few times on some <laughs> of them. So what was the big thing that got you over some of those uh, mistakes that you were making? Uh, first of all, that I learned technical analysis. Actually, <laughs> let me show this to you. I have my book here. I need to show this to you. Sorry for disappearing for a moment. But you see, this is the book, Das große Buch der technischen Indikatoren, that I bought. You see how big it is? Yeah, All that's the huge. indicators are in there. This book is from 1993. So it's a German, and I learned everything I could about indicators because I couldn't trust myself 
thinking what it would do. And you see, I made myself a cup like this, trade what you see, not what you think, right? And, and this were indicators helped me tremendously. So this is what I am right now. I, first of all, I'm a technical trader. I believe in indicators. Secondly, I know my risk and reward before I even enter a trade. I know where my stop loss is and I know when I take profits. Because for me personally, I had to take the emotions out of trading as much as possible and trade as objectively as I possibly can. Yeah, that book is pretty massive. Did you get through that entire book? Oh, hell yeah, several times. You'll see in there, there's a ton of stuff highlighted. So probably hard to see when I show it, yeah. But <laughs> do, do they have an English version? No idea. I don't know. It's from uh, Börsenverlag. Yeah. If you can pronounce this correctly, then you can more reread it. <laughs> yeah. No, that looks really comprehensive, to say the yeah. least. A lot of information. So you were able then to apply that using indicators. And what was the process that you went through to develop a successful trading strategy? Hello, this is Casey, and I wanted to take a minute to tell you about my new book that just came out. It's called Complete Trading System. This is my 25 years of trading experience sharing everything that I have learned in how to make a profit from the markets. You're going to learn about how to find the right instruments to trade, how to find a trend, how to get started as beginners. You're going to learn about how to get the right mindset and you're going to be able to put it all together to create a trading system of your own that will work for you. I highly recommend that you try it out. Just click the link right now. It's called Complete Trading System. It's available on Amazon. Thank you. Go ahead and check it out. I think you're going to love it. It's quite interesting. At first, it was around 1995, 1996. I had this desktop computers. And uh, I mean, this is when you were in high school. You remember the 386 and 486? Uh, yes, yes. I had a software. I can't remember what it was called. But basically, it was over-optimizing indicators until you had the perfect combination of indicators. So I had so many indicators on my screen, I couldn't see the prices anymore. So this was another big mistake that I made trying to over-optimize it. But after this, I realized, okay, there is not one magic indicator. And this also doesn't help if you plot 10 indicators. So for me personally, the magic number is three indicators. It's like, you can't stand on one leg, right? I want to have a second indicator confirming the first one. And if two indicators are good, what's better than two indicators? Three indicators. What's better than three indicators? Nothing, because if you plot too many, you know what happens. Half of the indicators are screaming sell and the other half screams buy. So for me, it's three indicators that I like to use to identify trends. Okay. Well, that is a great concept of, I think it helps you eliminate analysis paralysis because if you've got so much information, it could be harder to make trading decisions. Have you ever experienced that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. In the beginning of my trading career, I was looking at so many things. And when you do, when you start looking at indicators and support and resistance and Fibonacci and you follow the news, I mean, you always find a way to talk yourself out of a trade, 
right? And, and this is what happened. I always found a reason not to place a trade. And the challenge with paralysis analysis is that you don't have confidence to pull the trigger. And that's one of the things that I realized for myself. I need to be able to find a way to trade that makes me confident enough to pull the trigger when there is an opportunity. Yeah. And so as far as the confidence factor, what helps you build confidence in your indicators? Like, why do you not second guess them? How do you know that they're actually going to work? Well, one of the things is I want to know what is the performance on a particular stock if I had traded this stock with my indicators. So it is back testing. So of course, I'm also forward testing. You have to do this. But for me, it is important that I know, okay, if I had traded this stock with my strategy over the past year, I would have had 16 trades. Nine of them were winning trades. Seven of them were losing trades. Now I make, let's say, $3,000 on the winning trades and I lose $700 on the losing trades. That for me would make sense. And that makes it easier for me to pull the trigger. Right. And so you know going in what happened before, and that gives you a sort of a good idea of what's going to happen in the future. You see, nobody can predict the markets. All we try to do as traders is put the odds in our favor, right? I mean, we're working with probabilities. Is it more likely for a stock to go up or go down? That's what indicators tell me. Over all the years and reading this big fat book, I haven't found a single indicator that can predict the market. Now, I'm also not smart enough, so it's probably out there and I haven't found it. Yeah. So indicators, yes, they are lagging, but that's the point. I mean, I just want to know, is it more likely for the stock to go up or is it more likely for the stock to go down? Yeah. Or is it more likely for the stock to go sideways? Because these are the only three directions that we have, up, down, and sideways, right? And based on this, I make my trading decisions. And yes, I am wrong. But the cool thing is, if you keep your winning trades larger, then you're losing trades. If you limit your losses and you make more money on your winning trades, you can be wrong half of the time and still make money. So how do you personally handle the fact of being wrong? Like, Was that a process at first accepting losses? Because I hear from a lot of traders that just accepting it is really hard. They don't want to accept the losses. They want to be right all the time. And it's, oh, there's a, yeah. Yeah. You see, that's exactly the point what you're saying, uh, Casey. You're so right. Because we think when we have a loss, that we were wrong, right? That we did something wrong and we did not. Losses are part of our business as traders. It just happens. And can find another example where another profession, you can be wrong most of the time and then still make money. Weatherman. It's probably only in trading, right? So the key is I am absolutely fine being wrong half of the time because I make more money on my winning trades than I lose on my losing trades. And once you start making peace with it and walk into a trade and say, you know what? If I lose on this trade, I lose X amount, which for me, I never risk more than 2% of my account on any given trade. So if I lose 2% of my account, no big deal, right? I mean, right. think about it. If you have a, even if you have a small account of $10,000, you would risk $200 on a given trade. If you lose $200 of your $10,000 account, it shouldn't matter. One of the big, big reasons in the beginning of my trading career, why I was afraid of losses is because the losses that I experienced, they were devastating. This is where I lost sometimes 20, 25% of my account. That's why I got afraid of losses. But if you only lose 2% of your account, not a big deal, right? Yeah, and that's what shakes a lot of people out too, is they get devastating losses. They either lose everything or so much that they can't mentally recover. Right. 
At Finance and Markets, we believe that people are the most important thing. That's why in every financial newsletter, we dedicate a section to acts of kindness. When you put other people first, good things happen. We want to inspire you to go to the next level and practice acts of kindness. Go to the link in this episode's description to subscribe. So now I want to break down and go a little bit into the strategy. You're talking about indicators and how to trade. Can you share a little bit about what your favorite indicators are and how you apply those to trading? Right, absolutely. So my three favorite indicators are RSI, stochastics, and MACD. Is it okay if I share my screen and show you? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let me do this. That, of course, is the difficult part right now for the podcast, <laughs> I believe. <right? laughs> yeah, so just be as descriptive as possible. <laughs> so here you see a daily chart. I'm just bringing up the Dow Jones right now. And okay. here, right below the chart, are the three indicators. The first indicator is an RSI, and I use a setting of seven. I look back over the last 30 days. Now, the RSI is developed by Wells Wilder, right? It's the Relative Strength Index. And here's the idea originally from Wells Wilder. He said, whenever the market is above 70, I believe that's what he said, the market is overbought and should turn around. And he said, whenever the RSI is below 30, it's oversold. I'm not using it this way at all because Wells Wilder, I believe he developed the indicator in the 70s and the markets were definitely different in the 70s than they are right now. Wouldn't you agree, Casey? Totally different now. So what I like to see if the RSI is above 50, I noticed it is more likely for a market to go up. And when the RSI is below 50, it's more likely for the market to go down. Now, again, if you would only rely on this, you get a, a lot of wrong signals. So I'm adding a second indicator to this, which is the stochastics. I'm using the default setting of 14, 3, and 3. And here, the same deal. I'm not looking at overbought and oversold zones. I believe with the stochastics, the defaults are 80 and 20. I'm also looking at the 50 line. Whenever the stochastics is above 50, it is more likely that a market is going up. And when it is below 50, it's more likely that a market is going down. So now I start combining these two indicators because as you can see on the chart here, again, if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see it, but here I'm looking at the Dow Jones. This is where stochastics gave, were firing too early. Stochastics were saying, oh, we're already going up while we're still going down. But you see, if you apply both indicators right here and you show, okay, this is above 50 and the RSI is above 50, you get a solid entry. Now, I like to use a third indicator just to confirm, just to make sure. And this is the MACD, the Moving Average Convergence Divergence. I like to use the standard settings of 12, 26, and 9. And here's what I'm looking for. Whenever the MACD is above its moving average on the charts here, it is the purple line above the orange line, then a market is more likely to go up. And whenever the MACD is below its moving average, it's more likely for the market to go down. So let's take a look at some very specific examples. I mean, one of the examples that everybody is talking about, one of the stocks right now, is Netflix. Netflix just reported earnings. They made a new all-time high. Even in this crisis that we have right now, Netflix was doing really, really well. So unfortunately, most traders actually... Do you see my charts? I'm seeing uh, space, S-P-C-E. Oh, okay. Now I see Netflix. Okay. okay, I'm sorry about this. Okay. No problem. Okay, so Netflix. 
made a new all-time high. And this is when people are asking, okay, should I buy Netflix right now? See, that's the mistake that I made in the very beginning. I bought it when everybody was talking about it, way too late. Now, take a look at these three indicators. You see that the RSI was above 50 right here on March 26th. We are recording this on April 22nd. So pretty much almost a month ago. Also, the stochastics was above 50 and the MACD was above its moving average. So this is when Netflix was at $360, around $365. This is when the indicators told me right now it is more likely for Netflix to go up. Now, again, this was at 365. We went all the way up to 440. That's an $80 move. I mean, based on a $360 stock, that's uh, what, around 20%, maybe 70%. So that's the cool thing about indicators. Uh, let's just show one more example because everybody's talking about Tesla, right? I mean, everybody wants to know Tesla. Same yeah. here. Take a look at this. So the indicators, first of all, this massive uptrend that we had in the beginning of the year. If you look at the indicators here, all of them lined perfectly up and were telling me right now is a good time to buy Tesla when it was around 360. And as we know, it went from 360 to almost 1,000, well above 900. So this is where the indicators told me to get in early. And right now, since we are right now in the crisis, the indicators told me to get into Netflix at around 520 on April 6th, like two weeks ago. And right now, we're already trading at 701. So from 520 to 700, that's what, $180, close to 30%. I'm not that good at doing math in my head, but hey, we're trying to do it here on the fly. <laughs> yeah, not bad. So your indicators tell you when to get in. Do they tell you when to get out? Okay, for getting out, calculate my exits based on the ADR, the average daily range. So I'm calculating the average daily range, and then I like to use my stop loss at one time the ADR and my profit target at two times the ADR. So I'm taking profits rather quickly, but Casey, you know it. Nobody ever got broke taking profits, right? <laughs> so this is where, <laughs> that's why I like to do it. So this is where at some point, I ran into limitations with existing charting software packages. So a few years ago, I asked the development team to develop my own charting software for myself. I call it the PowerX Optimizer because I call this strategy the, the PowerX strategy. And you see, this is where all the calculations here, it's made easy for me. This is where it shows me exactly where to enter and where to exit. And you see, yes, I am taking profits rather quickly. But again, this is what I've learned. These days, trends are short-lived. These days, markets turn around on a dime. So this right. is where when I see that I make at least twice the amount that I risk, I at least take partial profits and then maybe I'll let the other part of the position still run. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's actually a really wise decision-making process. And overall, I think that probably helps you out long-term. It sure does. So you see here, for example, in Tesla, applying this methodology, uh, I'm looking back, this is what my software does. This is where I had to program it for myself. So over the past year, it would have had 14 wins and five losses using these three indicators and this very basic strategy, exit strategy that I explained here. So based on a $10,000 account within a year, you would have made $20,000. That's uh, what, like 200% RI. So it gives me the winning percentage, the profit factor. That's what we talked about earlier. I need some key numbers 
to have more confidence to pull the trigger when the next signal comes. Right, that makes and I, a lot I'm of not, sense. That's yeah, I'm not in overcomplicating it. I know that there's stuff like the the Z factor and uh, what else is there. I mean, there's so much stuff that you can analyze. I like to keep it easy. Here's exactly what I'm looking for. I want to know how many winning trades did I have, how many losing trades. So what is my winning percentage based on this? What is the profit factor? And the profit factor tells me how much money did I make based on every dollar that I lost? Because the profit factor, as you know, it's all the wins versus all the losses. So here I see a profit factor of 6.7 means for every dollar that I lost, because we will lose money when trading, I made $6.70. That's a good yeah. investment. If you're a business owner and you say, I can invest $1.89 and I make $6.70, would you do that? Yes. The right. answer is yes, all right. day long. That's really right. good. So is there anything right now that you have been watching that you might be uh, interested in entering a position in the near future? Actually, I am in a few positions right now. Now, here's the deal. Right now, as you know, we are in this crisis. So the VIX, the volatility index is sky high, right? I mean, it jumped up to 80. We're still trading at 42. Now, a VIX level of 10 to 20, that's normal. Right now, we are trading at 40. So I like to trade options. What does it mean when we have a lot of volatility? Options are expensive, right? So in this very specific market conditions, I like to sell options. So I'm deviating from my bread and butter strategy because I believe that every trader needs to have a bread and butter strategy. And for me, that is the PowerX strategy, these three indicators that I've shown you. But then every now and then, they're very specific market conditions. So if you look at the VIX, Whenever the VIX is sky high here, I'm switching to a weekly chart. So obviously it is right now. It has been pretty high in the beginning of 2018, as we know. This is where we had a retracement. Then we had it uh, here, obviously, 2011. And if you go back here, 2008, during the last crisis, it was high. So there are some specific market conditions that happen only, let's say, 5% of the time. And when those happen... This is when I use a different trading strategy to take advantage of those market conditions. And this is selling puts instead of buying calls and puts. Make sense? Yeah. So this is where right now, I mean, if you want, I can share my, my account with you. Is that okay if I... Sure, yeah. Okay. So for this crisis, I have several accounts. I have a total of eight accounts. And for this crisis, when I saw, oh my gosh, there are opportunities, I set aside a smaller account. I only put $25,000 in it. And uh, let me just uh, bring it over here. What I need to do is I need to stop share, okay? And I need to share this somehow magically again so that you see it. So here there's an account oh, with, there we go. Uh, with interactive brokers. Okay, so I put $25,000 in the account. And of course, in hindsight, I should have put $100,000 in there. But I thought, ah, you know what? I, my, my goal is during this crisis, I want to double a $25,000 account. So as you can see right now, it is at $35,000. I started trading it on March 20th when we were in this crisis. So I want to show you two very specific trades that I have on right now. So I sold 25 SPCE puts. So that's Virgin uh, Galactic the uh, space company from Richard Branson, who has, I don't know, what, a million companies, 123, right. <laughs> who knows, right? And I'll show you what I saw on the chart, why I got excited into this. So here, the idea is I'm betting that it stays above 13. I entered this trade two days ago. Right now, I'm a little bit underwater here, but I'll show you on the chart what I'm doing with this. And the other one is NCLH, that's Norwegian Cruise Lines. As you know, Cruise Lines got beat up. 
So I sold the put because I think that the worst news are behind it. So let me actually go back to the charts here. So I need to share the screen and show you exactly what I'm doing here right now. So let's first go to NCLH, the cruise line, Norwegian cruise lines. So here you see I sold the eight put and with an expiration of March 1st. So I'm betting that uh, for the next few days, Norwegian cruise lines will stay above the natural support of eight. That's what I'm looking for. If it does, I'll make probably $1,500 on this trade. And SPCE, this is the trade that I entered a couple of days ago. This is where I'm betting that SPCE is staying above 13 until May 8th. So right now it's April 22nd, so I have a few days left here. So right now, SPCE is getting me a little bit in trouble, Virgin Galactic. And, and here's, I believe, why. You might have heard that uh, Richard Branson has this airline, Virgin Atlantic, and this airline is in trouble right now. He's seeking for bailout money. So I believe right now there's maybe some confusion between Virgin Atlantic and Virgin Galactic. It sounds very similar. So this is why we had a down day there yesterday. Yeah. Plus, um, if Richard's in trouble in one area, it could impact us some other areas. At least mentally, traders might think like that. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. I'm still fine. So it's a 13 put and SPCE. Let's just see. Right now it's trading at, at $17.24. So I can... It can drop another, what, $4? That's 25%. It could drop another 25% and I would still be fine. So these are the two trades that I have on right now. I was very intrigued to sell puts on airlines because I also believe that airlines, that the worst news are out there. But it seems that especially today, United Airlines is dropping like a rock. So I'm staying away from this a little bit. Anyhow, is this helpful? Is this what you oh, wanted? To this is perfect. Our audience is going to love this. This is great training, history. We got it all today. So now I want to talk about a little bit about what you're doing now. So I've recently seen you showing up on YouTube with a show called Coffee with Marcus. And I've tuned in a couple of times. Can you share a little bit about that? Absolutely. I'm having a blast right now. You see, I found a way for me that works when it comes to trading. And I believe it is not as complicated as people might think. I mean, I'm looking at these three indicators. I'm using a stop loss. I'm using a profit target. I don't think there's any magic there. But I know, Casey, that some people are intimidated by trading. Some people think trading is complicated. You need to be a math wizard or something like this. And, and I don't think it's true. Many people are right now hurt as part of the crisis. Their portfolios are hurt. They went down, right? They might have lost their job. So this is why I decided to jump on YouTube every day to show what I personally do and hopefully help people to overcome the fear of trading, showing that it can be simple. Now, very important. Doesn't mean it's easy, right? right. I mean, if it would no, be easy, yeah. Casey, everybody and his grandmother would be doing it. But it's also not as complicated as some people want us to believe that it is. And I also want to share my philosophy, trade what you see, not what you think, right? Because that has worked for me. I get so many requests where people say, okay, my gosh, right now, Netflix is making all-time high. Should I pay Netflix right now? No, <laughs> right? It already made the move. Amazon is trading at an all-time high. Should I do it? No, you should have done it three weeks ago. I want to help you to find the stocks that are right now ready to make a move based on the indicator. So that's why I'm doing the show right now daily. Don't know how long I will do it, but especially during the crisis where we all are staying at home, told you I love traveling and right now I can't travel. So I thought might as well hang out in the afternoon, have a coffee with everybody and just show what I'm doing. And I uh, hope that it helps. 
Okay, so you guys heard that. I have the link in the description of how to get access to his show, Coffee with Marcus. Highly recommend you guys check it out. He's got some great insight, and it's just fun to listen to Marcus share. So also, how else can they get a hold of you? What else have you got going on? That's pretty much it. I have the YouTube channel. That's where I'm most active right now. I do have a website. It's called rockwelltrading.com. So this strategy that I just explained, I've written this book, The Power X Strategy. So it's like 170 pages. And here's what I'm doing right now, especially during this crisis. I want to get this book into as many hands as possible. So I'm giving away this book for free. There's all the charts in there. It explains everything that I did here. And all I ask is that you cover shipping and handling, which is $4.95. And I know that my team told me it cost me even more to ship it out. But hey, if you want to have a copy of the book, Casey, I'll, I'll give you a link. I want a or... signed copy, Marcus. You want a signed copy? I'll send you a signed <laughs> copy. I'll send you a signed copy, promise. Yeah. You'll give me your address and I'll make sure. So Casey gets a signed copy. And if you would like to have it, I'll give you a link, Casey, where your listeners can, can get it for free. All I ask is cover the $4.95. Excellent. We'll put that link in the description as well. So you guys will have access to that. Way less to read. Yeah. A little easier. (laughs) Plus it's in English, right? (laughs) And it is in English. (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, that was a great show. So thanks a lot, Marcus. Really appreciate having you today. All right. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Really appreciate it. Okay. Well, that's it for today. But thanks. And make sure you go check out Coffee with Marcus, everyone. Thanks for listening to the How to Trade It podcast. Our mission is to help you create security in the markets. If you have a question you want me to ask my guests or a specific question you have for me, please email me at podcasttradingstrategyguides.com. I answer every email I get because this show is about helping you learn how to trade it. So again, please reach me at podcasttradingstrategyguides.com. Thank you. for tuning in to another insightful episode of How to Trade It with Casey Stubbs. We hope you found today's discussion valuable and inspiring. Remember, the road to trading mastery is a continuous one, and your commitment to learning and growing as a trader is the key to your success. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes, please reach out to us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Keep listening, keep learning, and keep trading your way to victory. Until next time.